Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and meet me in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, and let's talk about a spiritual counterattack, how to deal with it, what it is, and how to overcome every single time. Before we jump into today's message, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come, and that as we study your Word, that your Holy Spirit would give us guidance and understanding to walk in perpetual victory over all the strategies of the enemy. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for this, that you have made this available for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Today we are in Second Kings chapter 6. Let's start in verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. So there's natural war for the Christian believer in your daily walk. You have to understand the effects of spiritual warfare. Whenever there is an attack, the enemy, he will be already planning a counterattack. He takes it very serious when his nest is stirred up. He doesn't like it when his machinery has a wrench thrown into the system. If a minister goes out in an evangelistic meeting and 10,000 unbelieving sinners hear the gospel through his preaching and they are saved and come to salvation in Christ, it's not like the enemy sits back and says, well, we just lost 10,000 really good people. Oh, well, I hope they enjoy, uh, you know, their new home in heaven. No, he doesn't like that. You have to understand if there is an attack, the enemy will send a counterattack. It's not something that you need to be fearful of or, in a sense, really concerned about. It's just something that you need to be aware of because it's easy to overcome if you, first of all, understand how he operates and as you continue to walk with the Lord. So this is an element of spiritual warfare, kind of going behind the scenes. And if you know what the enemy does, how he acts, what his game plan is, you're like, okay, all right, we'll be ready. We'll be ready for that. We understand how he operates. And that's what we'll talk about today. The king of Israel was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him, thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. So Elisha the prophet is receiving revelation from God, from heaven, and Elisha is getting this information about the Syrian army's military tactics, strategies, even where they're moving to, where they're going, and because God shares it first with Elisha, Elisha transfers it immediately to the king, then everything the enemy tries to do, nothing works. The game plan completely falls apart. You know what? It's hard to fight a battle if the other team doesn't even show up, or they're, they've already moved, and they're already they're defeating you through a different mechanism. So when something like that happens, the enemy's like, why are we losing? What's going on here? It's not like the king of Syria, in a sense, typifying 
a prophetic picture of an evil spirit or the devil himself. It's not like the devil says, oh, well, you know what? We, do, we don't mind losing. They're just outsmarting us. Uh, no, n- no big deal. No, they're going to try to find out what's taking place. Verse 11, therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, please say that today, say Elisha, Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel tells the king of Israel, the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. The king of Syria did not say, well, hey, you know, thank you for sharing that, but I'm I'm not really a spiritual guy. I I don't believe in that spiritual mumbo jumbo. I really think one of you are a spy and I've got a traitor in my midst. But no, the king said, oh, that's what's going on. He, He knew something is going on here that's that's very uh what it was is it was supernatural in a sense so that's what he found out what he was looking for so these things are real this is not fairy tale type stuff if there is an attack the enemy is going to take note of that if you make a dent or an impact in his kingdom he's going to say who's doing that what's going on here you know when the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out a demon-possessed man, the evil spirit spoke through that man and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Now, why would the enemy, why would the devil say, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know? Well, we know. Every demonic power knows about Jesus. Why? He's the one that totally sealed their eternal doom. He's the one that completely overthrew their kingdom. And they know about Paul. Why? Paul preaches the message of the cross, the, the, the power of salvation through Christ Jesus and his shed blood. And Jesus being the only way to God. You can't get to God any other way. There's no other religion that can save you. The only person that can save you is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that paid the penalty for the sin of mankind. So, it, you know, Paul's going around preaching that. And so these evil spirits, they know, they know who's shaking, they know who's making the impacts, and what they're basically saying is, let's try to do a counterattack. So if you understand that there are counterattacks, then you are prepared for them when they come, and you can handle it. But if you don't, the enemy can get in there, and he could do some things that can be, that can be hurtful. You know, I remember 2011, in the earlier part of that year when Osama bin Laden was killed they, they, and they, they took his body and, you know, brought him back and stuff like that and did all the DNA blood tests. Yep. This is the right guy. We, we got this guy, this guy that caused such terror on a world platform that, that released, you know, a spirit of fear to just run throughout the earth and caused a bunch of, uh, a bunch of mess, mass murderer, and all that stuff. Well, he he was you know this is a Taliban fighter. He's their head, and so he was taken out. He was assassinated. It's not like the enemy says, well, you know, too bad we lost our best guy. The enemy doesn't like stuff like that, and so when there's an attack, there will 
not might be. There will absolutely be an, a, a counterattack, and you have to understand that it's going to come, and you need to be sharp, and don't let there be gaps where the enemy can somehow get in. But I think there was a tactical gap where something took place where some protocol wasn't followed. I, I don't think the government under the Obama administration revealed fully what took place. But it just shortly after that tremendous victory, after that great attack of taking out Obama, uh, excuse me, Osama bin Laden, <laughs> the names, uh, they're so close. Sometimes you, you make a verbal slip. But after Osama bin Laden was taken out, it was just shortly after that, when you had a military helicopter of 30 men, special force soldiers, some of them army rangers, seven of, uh, excuse me, 17 of them being Navy SEALs, one Taliban fighter. Okay, where was Osama bin Laden from? Uh, he was a Taliban fighter, Afghanistani, uh, staying in that region. We know he was originally from Saudi Arabia, but, you know, it goes to uh, the area of Afga uh, Afghanistan. But it was an Afghanistan Taliban soldier who takes, well, look, look, one man, one terrorist who picks up a RPG, rocket-propelled grenade, and he sees that helicopter coming in with 30 of the finest American Special Force soldiers that we have, and he pulls the trigger and brings the whole helicopter down and kills every single one of them. And it's, it is, it's tragedy. And, you know, 17 of them war, uh, were Navy SEALs, and they were also SEAL Team 6. And it was SEAL Team 6 that went in there and took out Osama bin Laden. Now, the men on the helicopter that were SEAL Team 6 were not, uh, none of them were the same guys that went in to, uh, you know, went into uh, Pakistan when they took Osama bin Laden out. But nevertheless, a lot of SEAL Team 6 guys, the very best of the best on that helicopter. What What is that? It's a natural counterattack but it had it had evil all over it that is that is a demonic evil spiritual counterattack against something that had really really hurt the enemy and when you understand that if you have a major victory you can rejoice you can be happy don't put your gun down. Do not lay down your spiritual armory. Don't, don't think, okay, we can go on a vacation. You have to, you have to stay sharp because you really hurt the enemy. <laughs> uh, okay, you, you have a mass evangelistic crusade. You get, you get 100,000 people saved. The, the, okay, you hurt the enemy. And so you have to understand there will be a counterattack in some way, some fashion, nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be fearful of, but you just need to know how to deal with it. It's not a it's not a question of will it come. It's just knowing that it will come, and so be prepared. Praise the Lord. You need to know that Th this is a this is a rule. This is just like throwing a boomerang. It'll it'll begin to come back. If there's an attack, the enemy will counterattack. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So. Elisha's doing all of this. The enemy's not happy. Uh, is, the enemy's not happy. What's the enemy going to do? Counterattack. What are they going to try to do? They're going to try to take him out. They're going to try to take out the great prophet of God. This is the guy walking in double portion. It, it, anointing of Elijah. If you thought uh, Elijah was terrifying, 
with the anointing that he walked in and caused the trouble for the enemy that he, you know, that this guy's walking in double the spirit's power up on him. Mm-mm. This is how, this is how potent and dangerous this guy was to the enemy. Look at this verse 14. Therefore, he, the king of Syria sent horses and chariots and a great army horses, chariots, and a great army after one guy. This is the, this is the counterattack. Watch how the prophet deals with the counterattack. And they came by night. <laughs> Woo! Glory, glory. Mm-mm. Uh, just a little footnote. The majority of our special force operatives, whether it's the Army Rangers, whether it's Navy SEALs, the other various elite units, most of them move at night. I know they do things during the day, but they love to work at night. The enemy has a group also of evil agents. They try to go out and do things at night. So there's a lot of warfare that takes place at night. Praise the Lord. So they came by night and surrounded the city. All of that for one man. Pastor Stephen, I read the book of Acts, and it seems like everywhere Paul went, there was trouble. Yes, he is upending the devil's kingdom. He's getting people saved. He's getting people enlightened to the truth of the gospel. That's what the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want people to know the truth. The whole battle is over Revelation, not, not, not the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation means an unveiling. The whole battle is, is the, the unraveling of the enemy's deception. Did you know that deception is the enemy's strongest weapon? If, if he can get you deceived and get you to believing something or thinking something and biting and swallowing a lie, he's won. So truth sets you free. The truth that you know sets you free. So there's a battle over revelation. Woo, praise the Lord. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? The thing is, and you you see it with the walk of Elisha, the thing the thing is, if you're going to overcome the counterattack, your walk must be a walk. It must not be a stop-and-go experience. When you see in the New Testament writings of the Apostle Paul, and he says, walk by faith, walk in the light. He's not talking about walking on your two, your two legs and your two feet. He's talking about an ongoing, continual experience. The enemy on purpose will look for weak moments. That's when he'll attack. That's when he'll attack. As long as you have a walk, an ongoing prayer life, a deep devotional life, that's not sometimes active and then long lengths of time inactive, if if you have a strong walk, it's almost impossible for him to get any kind of dense 
on your armor. I, I mean, you're what? You're too protected. There is a shield around you that, although he'd like to get through, he can't. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the thing about Elisha. That's why it didn't work. The enemy's counterattack against him it didn't work. Why? He, he's in there praying before the sun ever came up. He's already in prayer. He already has an anticipation of what's going to take place. He walks out. He's not reacting with fear. He's not, not, he's not like, oh, 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 you know, he's, he's not saying to his servant, hey, uh, you, do we got a couple fast horses? Because uh, this looks worse than it's ever been before. No. He goes, okay. All right. So he, he's responding in faith and in strength. And he asked the Lord to strike the entire army with blindness. And God does. And so then he leads them right into the Israeli stronghold. And the whole army is captured. And you know, the, the king of Israel is like, hey, you know, you know Elisha, uh, should, we, uh, should we just kill him? He goes, oh, no, you would never kill prisoners of war. He said, sit them all down. And let's make a great feast for them. Ooh. Ooh. It's just hard to kill somebody who loves you so much and takes such good care of you. And they fed them and gave them good drink and then sent the whole army back to their master. So, my friends, you know, the response oftentimes to the enemy's vile counterattack, which could come through a human agency of evil words, false reports, lies, defamatory material spread about you that's completely untrue, or stuff totally taken out of context. Uh, Because you can pull stuff out of context to make anybody look like they have said something or done something that's completely wrong. And the news media, the liberal news media, they are experts at taking things out of context and making people look like they said something that they never, ever said. And so I think one of the best responses, along with, in, in, you know, doing your best effort to inform people of the truth of what was really said, I think one of the best responses is, is like what Elisha did. Just love, just love people. Just love people. They're not expecting that. They, they actually want you to get angry. They want you to blow up and get in the flesh and fight them, you know, from a flesh platform. Why? That's the platform they're on. They like that. That's their strength. Get over in there with them and get in a big, nasty, mean argument. Get hot, lose your temper, and uh, they, they would love that. So they're not expecting the fruit of the Spirit to come out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. They're not expecting that. So when you are walking continually with the Lord, you will always be ready to deal with that very, very dangerous counterattack. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I want to give you one more example from uh, something I saw while, uh, while watching the Olympics a few years back. This would have been 2004 when the Olympics were held in Athens, Greece. And I was watching the heavyweight final. This is for the gold medal. Whoever wins this takes the gold medal. Uh, And this is the heavyweight division. These are the big guys in the men's taekwondo heavyweight division. And so, uh, you know, I've had many years of 
martial arts background. I, I don't really participate in that anymore. I, I just don't have any interest in it anymore. But I, I studied it for years, was involved in it, practiced it for many years, 19 years uh, to be exact. But I was watching that final, and you had the guy from Greece. So he's actually fighting in the home stadium. So he has a huge fan base because the the Olympics are in Athens. And so, you know, he has a roaring crowd behind him. This guy's six foot seven. He's 230 pounds and he's fast as lightning. And so he, he's an incredible athlete. But he's fighting this guy from Korea, uh, you know, South Korea. And the Koreans are just incredible in Taekwondo. It's their uh, national pastime. You have to understand that the Korean people their national identity it has a strong military uh core uh, they have a, a military mindset they're very militant anytime that you have your national sport as a martial art that that says something about the the persona that you have as a nation uh, very sweet people uh, very kind, very giving, very loving people, but they can be very, very militant, absolutely. And they're extremely good at martial arts. And so, and they're very proud because, you know, Taekwondo originated in Korea. So the Korean guy, six foot three, 200 pounds. Okay, so he's not, he's not six foot seven, but still not small, six foot three. And so he's, he's going to fight against this large guy from from Greece and the crowd's going wild for their hometown favorite and it's the final uh, but the thing is with the Korean fighters they used to have a mentality don't ever ever back down or back up for anybody we want a strict hard militant stance and the only the only mindset we want is go forward don't ever back up well after you know trying that out for several years and actually several decades they realized we can be smarter if at times we back up a little bit and actually lure our opponent in and then when they come in then we launch what a counterattack and they they're so good at it and you know i've seen it personally but th this was a classic example of it this was the 2004 gold medal championship uh heavyweight division so the the fight starts and the guy from greece he's very very aggressive i, I could see it coming and i this korean fighter was a phenomenal technique perfect martial art technique i could see it coming the the guys uh the greek guy has the crowd the crowd's going wild and that's pumping him up and it's making him more aggressive than what he needs to be and so he moves in, moves in. Uh, the fight goes along just for a little bit, and then he moves in too quick. The Korean fighter steps back. He, the other guy thinks, oh, I'm backing him up, and he comes in more, and then, boom, the Korean fighter spins a spinning back kick. It's never used as an aggressive kick. You can't set it up as an aggressive attack because it's too easy to see coming. But if a person comes in, it makes the perfect counterattack and that guy spun so fast so quick and jumped at the same time and when that leg came around it knocked out that greek fighter cold i mean he hit the ground knocked out completely cold and the south korean fighter won the gold medal so uh by the way it does show that technique does outdo sometimes natural ability because this guy was shorter and the other guy was, you know, uh, you know, a physical specimen. But wow, I mean, 
it worked perfectly. You have to be very, very careful with a counterattack. Well, we just had a great victory. We're going to march in there. We're going to do it again. Are you being lured in? Are you now slipping over into arrogance? Do you think you're hot stuff now? Oh, okay. I, I, I know you're one one. I know maybe you want another, but you need to, you need to stay humble. Let me give you a couple tips so that you always survive, and not just survive, but you go through it and it doesn't even touch you. Let me let me tell you how to deal with an encounter attack. Number one, stay humble. You've got to stay humble all the time, all the time. Saint Faustina said that the grace of God only flows down to the humble. Do, do you catch that? The, the, the grace of God doesn't flow to arrogant people. God says that he actually resists the proud. <laughs> but he gives grace to who? To the humble. If you stay humble, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. There will be grace to overcome it. But if you get strong in your own self and you get a big head, you get prideful, The Bible says that pride comes before destruction and a hearty spirit before a fall. Stay humble. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean you have a doormat mentality, but it does mean that you realize that you are still here on the earth. You're still human. And that like all of us, none of us are perfect. We need to continually rely and trust upon the Lord. We're not smart enough, but he is. We're not strong enough, but he is. We constantly need his help every day. Praise the Lord. Stay humble because the grace of God flows to the humble. It only flows to the humble. Praise the Lord. Number three, don't let your guard down. This is is classic par for the course. You know, you could have a, a team upset, a much greater team. And, you know, it's such a high, it's such an emotional high that, that it can even drain you a little bit. And you, and you just want to celebrate, you just want to have fun. And then this team that had this dramatic victory turns around the next week and loses to a team that's not even on their same caliber level. And you're like, what was that? Oh, that was a big letdown. Why? Attack, counterattack. And that other team's ready. They're like, okay, now we're the underdog. Let's let's upset them. They've had a, they've had an emotional high. They just want to relax. They they think they're just going to come in and we're you know we're just like a rehearsal for them. Let's do it. Classic example: University of Michigan versus Little Old Appalachian State, just right up the road. Uh, in college football, just Google it and watch it. Hilarious! I, I love it. You know, here's this big powerhouse Division One football team. You know, trying to work the kinks out, but they know that we're not going to have any trouble this week. And we've got little old Appalachian State. Most people don't even know where they're based at. They don't even know where the university is located at, which of course is in Boone, North Carolina. But to the shock of the nation, that little school defeated University of Michigan on primetime television before the whole nation. Woo, that wasn't a nice, you know, you know, being the head coach for University of Michigan, being the, uh, you know, administrative leaders for the sports program, you know, having to face uh, all the heat from that, that's not fun. Why? Major, major upset. You need to stay humble and you need to always keep your guard up. Why? Because some somebody somebody is is under the influence of the enemy, 
and they're 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 going to try to do something. So doesn't need to, doesn't mean that you need to be jittery or afraid or looking over your shoulder. It just means that that the most important thing. And here's your third thing. The most important thing is don't have a stop go relationship with God. You know where sometimes you're you're having a good walk with the Lord, and other times, Lord, I, I don't think I want to read my Bible today. I am telling you, he he will look for those breaches of relationship. That's when he'll go. That's when the enemy will launch what? A counterattack. Woo! Praise the Lord. And the more successful you are, the more good that you're doing, the more that you need to make sure that you go back to the place where it all originates from, which is in a strong devotional walk with God. So it needs to be a walk, an uninterrupted walk, just spending time with the Lord, just pulling back and saying, you know what? I know that we're doing great things. I know that God is working. I know that this is, this is wonderful, but we need to stop and refuel and refresh. And you you need to take times for that. Jesus understood the value of intentionally pulling away, going up on the mountain and having some prayer time. Well, Pastor Sheba, I don't, I don't believe in having no retreat. I don't, I don't believe in taking these breaks. We need to go now. We need to take an advance. We need to go forward. Mm-mm. No, you, you need to recharge. You need to get fresh revelation. You need to get fresh strength. Praise the Lord. And you just need to be walking with the Lord in an ongoing basis. Praise the Lord. If you do that, you you will always be ready for any kind of counterattack. It'll never touch you. you you'll just step back. Whoop, there it went. And it, the enemy completely missed. You just keep on going. You didn't take the bait. Uh, you, you weren't lured in. You, just, you were just ready for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Only target what God tells you to target. If you just try to like, just always go, always attack, always attack. uh, No, you will be lured in into, into things that you weren't supposed to be fighting. Praise the Lord. Stay on your assignments in life. Praise the Lord. Stay in your anointing. Stay in your gifting. Stay in your calling. Whatever that is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for every person watching that as they are effective in you, and I pray that they be greatly effective in you, I pray they touch nations through your grace and power and anointing. Father, I thank you that I thank you that you are working through them to do great things. Father, as they accomplish great things by your power and by the working of your spirit, I pray, Father, that any counterattack that would come against them, I pray, Father God, that your people be constantly walking, constantly walking with you. And it be so clear that even as it says in Proverbs, in vain is the net spread before the birds. Why? The birds are sitting there watching that net being laid out. They're like, we're not going there. Look at the net. Father, let it be that clear. Let it be that clear. Let every counterattack be that clear and exposed to our spiritual eyes. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen.
What's one of the greatest things that you can do sometimes after a great victory? Go rest, recoup, get back in prayer, thank God for all that he's done, and get refilled back up, and then, and then go back out. Praise the Lord. Don't just rush. Don't just rush right over to another thing. Enjoy the victory. Savor the victory. Thank God for the victory. And spend time with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then move when you are replenished. Now, let us take communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise God. Father, we bless and consecrate our bread, our juice, we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of our precious Savior, Jesus, your Son. Father, we thank you for his body. As we receive it now, we receive faith for a strong, ongoing, continual, uninterrupted Christian walk. Strong, devotional, spiritual walk. In the name of Jesus, by faith we claim it and step into it in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I see nothing but total and complete victory for you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Glory. Father, we thank you. The the Lord's giving strategy right now. Supernatural strategy from the Lord is flowing right now. Not only to deal with counterattacks, to deal with amazing strategy for attack. Attacks that are so incredible ways of advancing the kingdom, ways of moving forward in God's will and plan for your life, that the enemy is just like, uh, we're going to even have a hard time trying to figure out how to defend this. God is giving incredible insight right now to you. It's flowing. Revelation's flowing now. Father, we thank you. See, See, the truth brings freedom. The truth brings light. What is light? It's understanding. It's the dispelling of darkness. It's the removal of not knowing what to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> God's turning the light on in your, in your chamber of understanding. The light's coming on. Glory. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Freedom. A way out for any bondage, for any stronghold, a way out, freedom, every chain being broken in the name of Jesus. The days of the enemy laughing at you are being turned now. Hallelujah. May it be said of you, may it be said of you in the halls of darkness, Jesus we know, Paul we know, and we know that person also. Hallelujah. May your prayers be so effective and so strong that the enemy gets nervous about you. (laughs) I'm telling you, God is raising the church up, and the enemy already knows that what is already developing, in a sense, much of it is still to come, but it's already coming forth. A church 
that terrifies the enemy, a church that causes the enemy to stay up worried all night long because now he knows his day. He already knows his destiny is sealed. He's going to the lake of fire for all eternity. That's why he's continually in uh, depressed depression mode. But I tell you what, God is going to begin to liberate you, all worry, fear coming off of you, and you turning into the valiant soldier and warrior of prayer. Hallelujah. Guarded constantly by the mighty angels of God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, that we are more than conquerors in Christ. We receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you have suffered counterattacks, and you've got hit real hard because of lack of wisdom. Lack of flat, just flat out lack of wisdom. You didn't respond properly. You said the wrong words at the wrong place at the wrong time. Things that should have been victories were losses. Right now, may God turn all of your losses. And if something has been lost which cannot be recaptured, Sometimes there's situation it's like water under the bridge. You can't go back and get that water, but there's more water coming. Okay, new fresh water. God, I ask, Father, that you would restore the losses of your people. Give them another opportunity. Let every loss be restored. Now, Father, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. And when they grab that victory, we thank you that any ensuing counterattack will not touch them. They'll be ready for it. They'll, it, they'll, it won't even touch them. Father, we thank you. I speak this blessing over your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, go forth today as a conqueror. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.